Psalm 51 is going to have the final biblical text section of Scripture that we turn to for our final Sunday in our Forgiven series. And I believe it masterfully brings together forgiveness and the joy of forgiveness and shows us what that looks like in the words of David. I'm going to read verses 7 through 17 only. The entire psalm is really worthy of covering but uh, we only have so much time. So, beginning at verse 7, Psalm 51, David writes, "'Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity.'" Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, I would like the help of all the youth in our church uh, right during the sermon today. So if you came up for the children's message today, that kind of puts you in that preschool to fifth grade range. Uh, I'm going to need your help today. So work on the project, the, the assignment that I gave you when you were up here. Okay, if you're sixth grade through twelfth grade, I have an assignment for you during the sermon today. I'm going to need your help. I need you to grab a pen or a pencil or something and just keep track how many times during the sermon I say the word joy or joyful or rejoice. They all have joy in them, right? Keep track how many times I say joy or joyful or rejoice. Starting now. Joy, 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 joy. <laughs> All right. I'll ask for your help later. So we're, so we're wrapping up this 12-week uh, in-depth dive into the forgiveness of sins and what it is and what it looks like. And, we, and we've taken this deep dive. We've, uh, we've seen what a difference it makes in our lives. We've, we've answered some hard questions about forgiveness. Uh, I've seen some powerful change in, our, in people in our church, and really experience some of my own as well, just enlightenment, understanding, and practice of forgiveness. So, if I were to ask you to describe for what, what forgiveness looks like in your life with an emotion, right, what emotion or feeling would you say comes to mind that describes forgiveness? For you. I'm going to give you about 15 seconds. I want you to write it down, because when we write, we're much more specific. We're less abstract. So if you can, grab a pen, p pencil, crayon, 
and, and write it down. What, what, is, what emotion or feeling? If you're watching on Facebook Live, uh, you can uh, comment on the, down below, put a comment, just one word. And this is great because you can't get this wrong. Okay, this is simply what you feel. No one can tell you any different. You're just saying, this is how I feel. This is how forgiveness makes me feel. So you can't get this wrong. So, okay, so comment on Facebook Live. Write it down here in church. Now let me ask you, how many people put peace? Raise your hand. Okay, okay, good number. I think that's, a, that's normally a top contender. Um, freedom sometimes is, or relief, that feeling of freedom and relief. Okay, someone put that. Uh, I'm going to suggest that among those, those are all right, but, but when, we th when we think about forgiveness actually changing things, one of the things that forgiveness can change in our lives is to bring us greater joy. The joy of forgiveness changes people, it changes situations, it changes relationships, it changes circumstances, it changes you. So, where does joy come from? How... How and where do we as humans experience the, the greatest, the most joy? And when I'm talking about joy, I'm talking about that positive response of an emotional experience that makes a person want to, want, want to smile or laugh or dance or sing, maybe even jump up and down, and you see the change in expression on their face. Okay, that's joy. Where does it come from? Um, I did some research on this, and one researcher uh, mentioned, I, I, I really like what she said. And, and she said she found some patterns when it comes to where joy comes from in, on this earth, in, in our lives. For example, cherry blossoms, bubbles, swimming pools, hot air balloons, ice cream cones, especially the ones with sprinkles. See any patterns in there? Colors. There's color in joy. Abundance. There's multiplicity. Not just one big massive thing like one piece of paper, but cut that piece of paper up into little pieces and you have joyful fun, right? Sprinkles on an ice cream cone. See that? Multiplicity. Anything else? There's also like levity or elevation, highness tends to bring out joy. Fluidity also does, like water, swimming pools, bubble, bubbles combine a number of those aspects. Okay, all those come out and, and show what joy is. No wonder uh, when there's a, a big arc of a rainbow that stretches across the horizon, it catches our attention. It has a number of those things in it. Or how about fireworks? You hear the explosions, you see them in the sky, and if it's not July 4th or December 31st, or you're not at the Round Rock Express game, you have no idea what the fireworks are for, but it doesn't matter because the people, there's someone celebrating with fireworks and, you, and you're drawn into it. You are too. So all these aspects of, of joy, that's, the research shows that's, that's where it comes from in our lives. So if, if that's the case, then why do our schools oftentimes look like this? Almost like a prison. If you're an educator out there and your school looks like this, man, use some paint. I hope it doesn't. Uh, I hope our school doesn't look like this when we build one. Uh, or how about uh, not just schools, but our cities sometimes 
look pretty boxy and flat with a lot of gray asphalt. And man, how about churches? Churches have to be boxy and brown and rigid. And I just think of pews. There's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with pews, but they've kind of come to us in our church world as, as the way to, to have church. But they, they symbolize some things too, and one of those things is straight, rigid lines. You better behave in here. Okay? Think about these things and, and how, where joy comes from, and then apply that to the forgiveness of sins right here in, in Psalm 51. I think it's really an awesome, awesome study, so I'm doing that today. It's not just in Psalm 51 that we can see elements of this throughout the Scriptures. Um, look in, uh, uh, throughout the Psalms, or Philippians is a New Testament epistle that's the book of joy. We sometimes call Philippians. We read from it today earlier. Or the book of Revelation has color and abundance and elevation all over it in the book of Revelation. Okay? Here's abundance. Thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 figures that John sees in some different visions in Revelation. Joyful colors like sky blue and bright white and robust red. We see all painted all over the book of Revelation. And then you see some different uh, jewels or gems that are used to decorate this, the city of God that is seen in, in Revelation. And they include every kind of precious stone, jasper, sapphire, emerald, ruby, turquoise, Amethyst. I don't know what all those are colored. Some of you probably do, but I know there's color in there, right? It's colorful, rich gems and jewels. And then joyful elevation. John has to look up, and he says he sees the holy city of God high and coming down out of heaven. This joy... By its very term, some people say, when I talk about joy, that's different than happiness. Happiness is kind of just smiling and positivity. So uh, this, call it what you want, but this joy that we're calling it today is not just positivity. It's not just grin and bear it, put a smile on your face, uh, not just thinking positive thoughts or nice memes on Instagram. This joy has roots. It has a strong foundation to it so that it it's not going to go away. It's always there. We may not always feel it, but it's always there, and it's not going to go away. Uh, and it changes us. Uh, I'd say it's this. The difference between receiving a gift, and man, that brings joy of its own, doesn't it? Someone gives you a gift? Wow, I, I didn't even deserve this, and I didn't have to work for it, and I bet there's something exciting in there, right? So there's joy in receiving the gift, but you don't know what it is. But then there's the joy of opening the gift and ex really experiencing the gift, right? You, you get it. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a shirt you've always wanted and you have to put it on right away, right? Uh, it, you're experiencing the joy of opening the gift. That's what I want us to experience today when it comes to the forgiveness of sins. So I want to show that to you, church, and people out in video world and Facebook world, I want to show you the difference between 
knowing that forgiveness is a solid truth, and it's, and it's written on the pages of the Bible, and it's written on paper, and it's in doctrine books that are dusty books on a pastor's shelf and in a seminary library, and it's, but, but it's real. It's, it's real, and it's there, but there's more to forgiveness than it being a truth, and that more would be experiencing that truth. We don't just say it. We don't just, we say it in our creeds, by the way. Pay attention when you say the creeds. We say forgiveness of sins, we believe it. We don't just say it, we experience. So, kids, come on up. If you were my, my helpers from the children's message, come on up here today. I need your help up here to show everyone um, what experiencing this, this, this doctrine of God that's written on paper, um, what that looks like. So, yeah, bring, bring your paper up here. Right, see, right on the steps here. Matthew, you two, on this step, too. Everybody, you know, you, Max, you were good. You were setting the pace right there on this step, right in front of me. Good, everyone. Yep, come on up. Come on up, Savannah. Good. Savannah, Liam, can you stand right there in front of Max for me, please? Good job. Okay. All right, so open those up and get ready. Open, open your bags up. Liam, help Savannah open her bag up. Can you have her get ready? Yep, good brother. There we go. All right. Nice, Max. Reach in there. Be ready. So here is what experiencing this truth of God that's on paper, what experiencing it looks like on three, one, two, three. Praise the Lord. All right. Woo. Thank you. I hope it's in everyone's hair. All right. Thank you. You can go back. Thank you. I'll call you back up later to pick up. See, there's a difference between just dropping a piece of paper and taking that piece of paper, same piece of paper, and that, that right there is joyful abundance. Joyful abundance. So here's what David, David talks about this in Psalm 51. Here's what he said. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Look hard. Look carefully. Where do you see joyful abundance in there? Multiplicity, plural, things, not singular, but many. Last year, um, my friend Todd helped me break the first bone in my body. Um, my 50-year-old body, I had not broken a bone in my body. Rumors had it that I broke my nose when I played football in high school, but I don't, that wasn't confirmed. Um, but the first confirmed bone break in my body, I broke, I broke my finger, the tip of my finger, okay, with the help of my friend Todd. And uh, it hurt. Is it supposed to hurt when you break a bone? I think so, right? But then, it wasn't only the pain of, the, of when it happened, but then for weeks, even months afterwards, I would bump, I would put that finger in my pocket, I would grab my keys, I would grab the steering wheel, ah! It would just, I'd bump it and it would hurt. There was pain there. A sign of it healing is when there wasn't pain anymore. And then there was joy. It was just the, it was the joy of just being normal. Of, of, it was the joy of it not being painful. So no worries, Todd. It's okay now. I, I forgive you and my finger's good. But it taught me, a, taught me a life lesson about forgiveness. Do you know how many bones are in the human body? You know how many? Total, 
total, how many bones are in the human body? This is true of everyone. How many bones? 206. They, and that we actually start out, we're born with like 237 or something like that, and then some of them fuse together as we become adults, and at least that's the number that I researched, 206 bones. So see what David is saying here? He's talking in the plural, and he's saying many bones. The bones, God, you have crushed, rejoice. So what if instead of my friend Todd just helping me break one bone, what if he helped me break 205 more bones? I mean, what, what if you broke all of the bones in your body, and th would that hurt? It would, it would hurt to sit. It would hurt to sleep. It would hurt to think. It would hurt to walk. It would hurt to eat. It would, everything would hurt. But then when those heal up, and they would heal at different times, the big bones, the small bones would take right longer, the and, but eventually they would, and think of all the multiple times as they heal where you would say, oh, that's better. It doesn't hurt anymore. Oh, and another day would come and, and a different bone number 118 would heal and you'd say, oh, that's better. And then bone number 127 and then bone number 13. You'd have these multiple moments of joy when the bones that were crushed rejoice and heal. That's the joyful abundance of the forgiveness of sins. That God doesn't say to us, I told you once that I forgive you. Just, that's good enough. But how many times in the Scriptures, in His revelation to us, does God say, this is my forgiving grace, I love you, I forgive you. And then how many different sins does God forgive, actually? That's the multiplicity, the joyful abundance of forgiveness. Every bone rejoices, David said. There's, there's one iniquity in that verse. He's talking about one iniquity, but there's many, many, many different bones that rejoice. That's joyful abundance in the forgiveness of sins. Okay, let's go to color. There's color in these verses. Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12. David writes, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Noel Stafford had no idea how much his life would change when his children pooled their money together and got Noel a pair of Enchroma glasses. Have you heard of these? Okay, so for people who are colorblind, these glasses are now engineered to actually restore some or all of their vision so that they can actually see color, especially if colorblind, you can't see the reds and greens. So uh, his grandson actually took a video and it went viral. You can Google this guy and see this video. It went viral. He puts on the glasses and he cries in tears of joy. It's so clear, I can hardly believe it. And he can see color for the first time. We, and we witnessed this on video. Okay, that's, that's us. When we say, create in me a pure heart, O oh God. When you, when you think pure, don't think necessarily clear, like looking through a clear glass window. Think vivid, right? Think the object of, the, of what's, it's so pure, so clean. The windows are so clean that you can see through, like a pair of enchroma glasses and see vivid colors. And how God has colored forgiveness for us in the scriptures. It, it's all over the place. 
the red of Jesus' blood. The gold of the crown of Jesus' victory. He rose from the dead and he, and he rules over all. Nothing can take forgiveness away. The white of God's purity and holiness and an eternity in heaven because all is forgiven and it's done. The green of growing as the Holy Spirit allows us to grow in our faith. We watch our children grow up and we continue to grow in our faith. All of that, God's world is not a black and white, pale world that is all about black and white rules and black and white behavior. God has colored our world both physically and spiritually. So you and I in forgiveness have joyful abundance and we have multiple color everywhere. Finally, there's something else attractive to us about, about joy, and that's things that are, that are high or floating way up in the sky. I catch sight of this uh, helium balloon that's on the ceiling of this building, and uh, I think if we, if we were all here when that had happened, Right? If I was holding a helium balloon right now in front of you and it was floating here and I said, I'm going to let this go, and I let it go, all eyes would be on that balloon and watching it. Just we're drawn to uh, when a jet, when you hear a jet soaring, you, whether you're five years old or 50 years old, I'm out picking weeds in my yard and I hear the sound of a jet and I'm like, oh, what's that? Like, well, have, I haven't heard a jet before, but it's hard to ignore. I want to see it. I want to, right? So th uh, things that are elevated and high up in the sky gain our attention. Uh, that's God, folks. Except for this. In order to gain an accurate sight of how high, how up there God is, we need the most powerful telescope of faith ever. And if you're going to take a telescope and look far into the distance, think of the Hubble Space Telescope or something, right? This is not mounted on a, on a, on a flatbed uh, back of a truck somewhere, and, or, and, right? And you put the guy on the telescope on a trailer of a truck, and you drive around during the night, and you tell him to, go to get a good view. What's he going to say? Well, stop! Stop bouncing around, right? I need stability. I need a place to put that telescope where I can then look through it powerfully into the distance. So we need to be grounded firmly if we're going to have that joy of seeing this high height and highness and elevation of God. We need to have that. We need to be grounded. So here's how David says it, with firm footing, as we connect to what's up there. God, he says to God, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit. David's picturing an altar there. And in Old Testament times, the altar was the people's connection with God. The altar was where the priest would sprinkle blood to symbolize the great sacrifice of the coming Savior for the forgiveness of sins. The altar is where there would be sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, and God would come to forgive His people, and the people would come to show God their praises and to bring their offerings. That was the altar, this grounded, stone, firm, implanted, earthen 
massive thing that allowed the people to connect to the highest, most elevated God of gods there will ever be, the altar. And what does David say about it? He said, God, the altar is a broken place. You don't even want us to use it anymore. You don't delight in our burnt offerings anymore because we're not bringing them with faith and joy and appreciation for you and your forgiveness, so much so that you say, don't even bring them at all. David says, so I'm not going to bring sacrifices, but God, I will bring this. I'm not going to bring my behavior, my financial gifts, my good deeds, my church attendance. God, I'm, I'm not going to bring that because it's not, it's not good enough. David says this, I'm going to bring you myself. God, I give you me. And isn't that what the New Testament talks about in Romans 12, about offering ourselves as, as living sacrifices? And to whom do we offer that? To whom do I offer me? To the one who on that altar didn't just give us things, but gave us himself. He said, my, my deeds for you, there's not, not good enough. My, my words written on paper, my promises are not good enough. I need to give you me, God says. And so he, he gives us himself. And God came and he himself suffered a broken spirit when Jesus suffered for our sins. Right? He himself suffered that broken spirit. And now, because of the crucified and risen Jesus... We, we are both grounded in the forgiveness of sins because of what God has done on the altar of the cross. We're grounded, and then we can give him our praises because that altar is central and key to our relationship with God. So David, knowing that, says, Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. That is worshipful joy. Joy, 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 joy. All right. That's it. I'm done with the joy part. So, how many? Who is counting? Who can give me a number? How many times did I say joy, joyful, or rejoice? Th those didn't count right there. We're done. 59. Exactly. That's what I had to. All right. The rest of you are probably close to that. So, I need your help. Can you come up here and help me? Thank you. Are you Natalie or Nicole? Natalie. Okay. So, here, here stand up here right by me, please. And see, here I was thinking I was going to have someone up here who's embarrassed to be up on the stage, but you're so used to that, so I don't have to give you that little speech. And I was going to tell the person they didn't have to worry, they didn't have to sing or anything, but you probably could do that very well. But we're going to do something a little different right now, okay? I'm going to stay there. I'm going to give you this super exciting. Smi see, how, see how she smiled and just lit up when I brought this to her? And she was like, wow, that is, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to hold that. Or you can even hold it. Don't spill it, though. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I have something that can make it more fun. We have two options. Oh, um, 
Here's option number one. See that? That's option number one. Option number two is that you drink it. So which one would be more fun? Okay. So, so right? So this is like, eh, okay, it's okay. But ready to make this fun? Okay, take that and, and give it your best shot. Use it as best you can. Hmm. Try the other end. Have you ever done this before? Okay. <laughs> ah, keep going. More. Get them up there. Uh-huh. Uh, cheer on a little bit. Cheer on. Come on. Yep, get, get good. Yep. Nice. See, wasn't that fun? All right, so a boring little, that, that doesn't do a whole lot, though the substance is there. It's using it. It's experiencing it. It's breathing it. It's living it. And when we do, the bubbles of forgiveness are colorful, and they're multiple, and they float up in the air, and they're everywhere. Thanks for helping me today. All right. Amen. I'm going to pray. Let us pray. Thank you so much, God. It's been really a special day as, as we end our forgiveness series with understanding the joy that you intend for us, the joy that we can celebrate as your people, and, and the fun, actually, that forgiveness gives to our spiritual life and to life in general. Help to make us more joyful to express our joy in loving and appropriate ways and to know that ultimately you want us to experience the eternal joys of heaven. May the words of Psalm 51 be planted deeply in our hearts so that we can rise as high as ever in our joy for you and ultimately meet you in heaven. In the name of our Savior Jesus, we pray. Amen.